The words we just sang are from a poem by John Holmes called The People's Peace. And it's sometimes hard to hear them when you're singing, and so I want to say them now so you can hear them again. The peace not past our understanding falls like light upon the soft white tablecloth at winter supper warm between four walls, a thing too simple to be tried as truth. Not scholars calm nor gift of church or state, nor everlasting date of death's release, but careless noon the houses lighted late, harvest and holiday, the people's peace. Days into years, the doorways worn at sill, years into lives, the plans for long increase come true at last for those of God's goodwill. These are the things we mean by saying peace. How often have you heard someone say, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday? It seems so simple and uncomplicated. And these days I find myself longing for the kind of peace we just sang about. Time to sit around a table with those I love, with nowhere to go. Some quiet moments to reflect on how the days do flow into years. Some peaceful moments all by myself too. I need these things, and I wonder if you do too. And still, I do love Christmas and Advent, these celebrations of waiting and watching, of light shining in the darkness and God with us, Emmanuel. And I'm not willing to get cynical or resigned about this season. I want to be open to it and filled with the peace it promises. And don't you too. So today I'm thinking about the simple kind of peace that we find when we come down to earth. The kind of peace we can find close to home. In quiet moments and in well-worn patterns that are so familiar we might miss them if we don't stop and notice. Several of us were gathered in my office the Wednesday after Thanksgiving for what I was calling gratitude as a spiritual practice. Lynn LaFerla was there, and I am so grateful that she was, that we had that time together. I talked a bit about my practice of sitting in silence each morning after I wake, and one of you talked about your practice of making coffee and sitting alone with that first cup, and how that simple act helps shape your day for the better. Think about your daily routine. Are there things you do that are so simple and commonplace that they could be easy to miss in the hustle and bustle of daily life. 
But these daily acts, if done with care and attention, are so beautiful and important that a poet could write in praise of them. Things like making breakfast for your children or carefully smoothing the bedspread, sweeping the steps or folding the laundry, baking bread or raking leaves or shoveling snow. Even your drive to work, if done with care and intention, can be like a prayer. Not always, I know, but it's possible. The way peace is possible. Though it often eludes us, the invitation is to try to bring more peace into our lives and into our world. Now think about people who live with less potential for peace than many of us. People who struggle to have enough food to eat or enough heat to stay warm or enough money to pay the rent. People who live with the threat of violence. On this day, which brings the last night of Hanukkah, think about those Maccabee fighters in the Hanukkah story who, against all odds, fought for and reclaimed the temple in Jerusalem, which had been captured and desecrated by Syrian invaders. It is this moment that Lynn Unger writes about as she imagines the courage it takes to create peace when so much has been destroyed. Come down from the hills, she writes, Declare the fighting done. Try to remember a life gentled by daily acts of domestic faith. The pot set to boil, the bed made up, the table set in calm expectation that when the sun sets, we will still be here. This is what I want to commend to you today this idea and image of a life gentled by daily acts of domestic faith. Who among us couldn't use more of that? Over the past week, our nation has said farewell to President George H.W. Bush, and those rituals of gathering and mourning have been good for us. President Bush was the one who called for a kinder and gentler America. And the need for some gentleness among us is as great as ever. President Bush was also the one who called for a greater commitment to public service, what he called a thousand points of light. All the community organizations that are spread like stars throughout the nation, doing good, he said. You don't often see news reports about churches feeding the hungry or 12-step programs helping people to get their lives back together or organizations like Emmaus or the Y, housing the homeless or helping people in the fight against domestic violence. Nor do the TV cameras show up 
when you give blood or help a neighbor or visit someone in a hospital or nursing home. But when you do these things, you are helping make ours a kindler and gentler land. I hope you have this faith that your small acts of kindness and care are making a difference. And I hope they are bringing you a sense of peace as well. So let us praise the life that is gentled by daily acts of domestic faith, the life that is centered around care and service. Jan Richardson is an artist and a Methodist minister. She says, it matters that we hold the light for one another. It matters that we bear witness to the light that holds us all, that we testify to this light that shines its infinite love and mercy on us across oceans, across borders, across time. And she asks, who holds the light for you? In this season, who might need you to hold the light for them in acts of love and grace? Hear again Jan Richardson's prayer, and please hear it as written to you in these darkening days when dusk comes early, in these days when some of us are mourning losses and trying to hold on to hope, when people are, as always, living with brokenness and disappointment, and still the call remains to keep your heart open and expectant for what is unfolding in our midst. Blessed are you who bear the light in unbearable times, who testify to its endurance amid the unendurable, who bear witness to its persistence when everything seems in shadow and grief. Blessed are you in whom the light lives, in whom the brightness blazes, your heart a chapel, an altar, where in the deepest night can be seen the fire that shines forth in you, in unaccountable faith, in stubborn hope, in love that illumines every broken thing it finds. At this moment, our children and their adult helpers are downstairs sewing and putting together colorful fleece hats and scarves that will be given away to help people stay warm this winter. Could it be that these small acts really are what will finally save us and our world? That when enough of us realize that our actions do make a difference and we act on that realization, then maybe the age-old call of peace on earth will at last come to pass.
Isn't that the hope of this season and why we need it? To be reminded that peace is possible and that we are each here to do our part. If you don't have enough peace in your life, then I urge you to look for ways to practice some domestic acts of faith. Simple, tangible ways to express your care and devotion. Because what we practice day in and day out is what we become. If you want to be more grateful, make a habit of giving thanks. Before a meal, join hands with others and say some words of gratitude. If you're alone, light a candle and sit in silence for a while. Consider taking up a prayer practice. Think of the ways you help others as you bearing your light out into the world. The notes you write, the food you prepare, can you see these are ways you bless others and that you also bless yourself? Maybe all you need is to bring a little more mindfulness to your day, a little more space so you can see that what you do with care and intention can be an act of faith, a prayer even. In this week when a beloved member of our congregation has died, I found myself feeling so grateful for these connections we share, for the ways you show up and help out, and for the spirit moving among us in our midst. On the morning after we learned of Lynn's death, Claire had scheduled a gathering which he'd offered in our church auction, a morning of bread baking with Claire. She checked in with those folks to make sure they still wanted to come, and they did. And that gathering became a time for that group of people to remember Lynn. Claire told me later that she started their gathering with a prayer. And then they made bread. And they shared their memories of Lynn. And then when it was done, they sat around and ate that bread together. All of this a lovely tribute to a lovely person now departed. And a blessing to those who were gathered there, a gentle act of domestic faith. Being present to one another, feeling the joys and sorrows of human living, moving mindfully on this good earth, being awake to the gifts of this moment and this day, these are the things we mean by saying peace. Amen.